And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. After a brief hiatus for my second wrist surgery of the <laughs> of the spring, we are back. How are you um, feeling? How you I'm feeling? good. I'm good. Got the got it in the cast, so we're all set there. I think I get out of it, and we'll see a couple weeks. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know anymore. It's in the doctor's <laughs> hands now, Colton. Yeah. I'm of course Nick Bomber. Damn scooter. Yeah, the scooter really did me in, but uh, we're getting through it either way. I'm getting used to it now. I can still type and everything, so we're good. That's good. Um, but in any event, this is uh, always an interesting time of year. Um, I wrote in a story actually about uh, some uh, draft picks across the league about how May and June in the NFL I've always sort of thought is like the hope. The hope season, you know? It's like everybody's everybody looks great, man. <laughs> everybody is everybody, except for the guys that are like literally like their leg is on a brace or something. Like everyone looks great. <laughs> Most people are happy, you know, especially on a team like this where they ended the year uh so you know, on on high note and all this. So I wanna actually start there. We're gonna talk about Jamison Williams in a second, but I do want to start, Colton. The you cause you were there last year. The vibe of these guys right now is so different than what it was last year. And even, I would go back even further to Campbell's first year. It's ridiculously different, but it's big time different, I think, from last year even with a lot of these guys. You know, we talked to Kirby yesterday, Sewell, um, and some of these other, like uh, Barnes. These guys are like at home now, right? Like that's what that's what I felt like. Uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts because you're there more than I am, but it really does feel like... Uh, you know, this is a much more like at ease group of people here that around each other in general. Yeah, I think last year, and I was only around for training camp, but you know, what I got around, and you're kind of, you know, kind of trying to evaluate the landscape there. You you sense that there were some young guys that kind of were still trying to find their way in this league, had, hadn't really done anything. Like even the guys that were drafted in 2021, you know, they were coming off of a three win season, so there wasn't really much to like. You know, puff your chest out about you know exactly. yeah. <laughs> around that time a year ago, um, and now this time you know the way they finished going eight and two in their final ten games, you know they felt like they could beat and play with any team in the league by the end of the year. That has definitely carried over, and it, it should carry over because they had a good offseason. They built upon what they did last year, and they're ready to go. They're rearing up to, to play some meaningful football this year. I think you're seeing it in kind of the way that these guys are carrying themselves. Like Sewell looks like oh, a veteran yeah. now. Like he's yeah. in year three. It's crazy to say that because he's still only 22 years old. <laughs> but, like, he looks like he's been in the league for, like, six, seven years now. Like, the way he's he talking does. about things. Like, mm. like he's was talking about Ben Johnson, the offense, and how they did leave meat on the bones and how, like, they can't let that happen again this year in a year that's so important. Um, you see Kirby Joseph out there wearing the oh. free JMO shirt, which yep. we'll get to later. But, I mean, just his confidence, the way, like, the swagger that he, like, carries himself with. Like, you wouldn't know it's the second year in the league. Like, he is a guy that... It's kind of made the rounds a little bit this offseason, too. You know, he's on good morning football. Um, you know, it's kind of been putting himself out there a little bit more, which is cool to see that you want from a, from a young player that they think has maybe some star potential to his game. So 
you look at some of these guys and, and just kind of how they're walking around, they're like, oh, yeah, this is different. This yes. is a different vibe. This is a team that is feeling themselves out there. Even the way, like the defense specifically, like the way that they're kind of like, you know, winning some of these battles out there, they're acting like, yeah, we should be good. Like this is like should be the expectation for a sister. Mm-hmm. So I think when you see all the, you know, the total picture out there, you get the sense that, hey, like the Lions think that they're ready to go. And I think that's what you want to see. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's been fascinating to watch. Um, you know, the first year that Campbell and those guys were here in the spring, um, it was just so different because it was like all these guys and so many of them weren't going to be here and there's a lot of UDFAs. Uh, and it was like, what is even is this going to be? And then when you really <laughs> sort of like peeled it back, yeah. what happened was is you had guys like St. Brown and Sewell and Khalif Raymond that like every day just like worked so hard to a point of like, this team is terrible, but these guys are still like, and that culture has bled into because they're they're some of your best players, and and now you see it uh, last year when you draft Aiden, um, you know, and and they had some of the guys that were there before in Jackson and Ragnow, but like they just aren't bringing in an awful lot of guys here that aren't exactly like that, that don't just like have, uh, they like to work, like they like to play football, like I I think that that's what I'm feeling most here about just being out there. I've been out there twice now in the spring summer uh, with the rookies and then now yesterday with everybody. Um, yeah, and it just feels like the whole group for the first time in a long time likes being around each other and there's nobody out here that doesn't like to play football. There's not one guy. I don't like, I was talking to somebody out there maybe two the last time I was out there and I was like, the difference here, and it was somebody that had been with the team for a while, and I was like, the difference here is that you look around at these rookies and these UDFAs and the guys that they brought in the offseason, there's no shitheads here. There's no, like, well, that guy clearly sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we walk out here and we can tell on the first, whatever, minicamp that this guy's so far behind, that's not happening. Like, the yeah. level of competition has raised up, and I just, and, and like you said, Colton, the comfort level feels like it's at an all-time high, which has to be the biggest comfort I would imagine for the coaching staff and everybody, because you can see how the culture has really built here and changed. Yeah. And I think it starts at the top, you know, Dan Campbell on the first day of OTAs for us came out wearing that. Yeah. The Holmes shirt, right? The, the shirt with Holmes wearing a crew neck <laughs> with Brett, with Dan Campbell. I don't know. It's messing up. Like the mirror. But <laughs> the endless yeah, mirror. Yeah. It's like inception of t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, but it starts like that, that, that cohesion at the top, I think kind of bleeds down and, even yesterday, you know, Ben Johnson came out with a photo of Aaron Glenn yeah, the AG taped shirt. on his shirt. And that was, that was funny <laughs> to see, too. But, like, they're having fun. Like, these guys, they're serious about football, and the, and yet they can also have fun with it. I think that's such a rare thing in the NFL. Like, it's usually business, 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 or, like, doom and gloom with some of these teams. Like, yeah. thinking back to Hard Knocks with the uh, Arizona Cardinals last year. That was, <laughs> that was kind of a mess. It's a hard watch. <laughs> with yeah. the Lions. It was a hard watch. <laughs> but the Lions are having fun out here. Um and, and they're getting work done. I think that's the most important thing, like yes. getting these guys together, like the rookies that have come in, the free agents that are here now. I think this time is so important to kind of understand what this team is all about, what Dan Campbell wants from the top, um, what the assistants are doing with their position groups and, and kind of setting the tone for like what they expect the season to be. And that's kind of yep. what these, these first two practices that we've seen, obviously they've been going out a little longer, but for the two open practices that we've been out there for, um, I think you see the work being put in. You think so, oh, yeah. I think you see some strides being made, and, and that's so important around this time of the year. Yeah, a lot of guys, I think, just feel more calm. Derek Barnes, we talked to him yesterday, and he that was the calmest I think I've ever heard him talk. Like, just in, you mm-hmm. know, 
he could just tell his feet were under him and he was like, whatever happens is going to happen. But like, I feel like I'm in a good place to compete now. And there's just more guys like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I want to transition though to one thing that might not be so rosy is that the Jameson Williams conversation. And sure. it's a complicated one and an interesting one. And I don't know what to make of it at some level. Like a, a big part of me, Colton, yesterday, frankly, left and and was like, I'm officially kind of worried about him now, you know, because... Really? Yeah, because I, I didn't see... But I, I, I talked myself out of that. I don't think that's fair. And I'm, this is why. Because when I walked out there yesterday, I thought, okay, I'd like to see him bigger and stronger. We talked about this. Like, I'd like to see more mm -hmm. meat on the bone. And I do think that... I do think that he is a little bit... A little bit more than I probably gave him credit for. Not a lot. Not as much as I would have liked to see. However... He's had a rough offseason. <laughs> He's had a lot going on, okay? I'm not going to say that he hasn't, and I know that a lot of that is his own doing. But, like, we're going to have to see a stronger, like, not just a guy who runs really fast and competes his butt off, but, like, a stronger athlete come camp, and then especially once he's ready to go. And that's just, I, I guess, a worry for me is, like, I I'm just not sure. I just don't know what is going to happen here. And I think that that's kind of mm -hmm. the vibe that everybody has for the most part. And it's like nobody has come out and said, like, we think this is a bad dude or whatever at all. But it's like, but nobody has come out and said, like, we think this is going to be just fine <laughs> like, because no one really knows. And so, you know, you, you've you seen Jameson a couple times now uh, out here running around. And obviously he's doing more clearly than we saw him a year ago. I'm curious on your thoughts of how he's looked. Are you concerned about him at all? Um and am I overreacting, do you think, a little bit here? Um, I, no, I think there is sort of this unknown with him because we haven't seen him play a ton of football, like, right. let's be honest. Um, you know, he was drafted to have the torn ACL. They knew that they were, he was going to be out for some time. They were perfectly fine with that. They were bringing him along slowly. Yeah. Um, even at the end of the season when he did get some time, like, he only had one catch, you know? Like, he doesn't yeah, really right. produce much on the field. <laughs> and, you know, again, they're easing him along slowly. I thought he should have gotten more snaps sure. than he got last year, but – that's fair. Plan. Yeah. So this year, they had some big expectations for him, and then he gets himself in trouble. Um, and you can you can say whatever about the rule, you know, an NFL player betting on non NFL games, whatever. I get that, mm -hmm. like the hypocrisy of a league that just right. like bays and money from these gambling companies. I get that, <laughs> but it's a rule that you know Dan Campbell said like the NFL, the league presents this information to them. We ha apparently have to do a better job presenting this information to them. Yeah. And we're going to do that. Right. So. That's a rule that he probably should have known, even though he says he didn't. So, got himself in trouble, suspended six games. Where do you go from here? It's really been, we've only seen two practices from him yeah. since then. So, like, to me, it's probably a little too early to say, you know, be all doom and gloom about j that's, but I do Yeah, think that's that, where I came on it at the end. But I do think it's okay to be like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, he has mm -hmm. to go out and prove it. And, you know, again, it's only been a couple practices. So, we'll see how he comes back in July, but... You know, I think, you know, there was a, a play yesterday where him and Jared Goff were out of sync on something. Maybe Jim, Jim ran the wrong route or something and kind of got an earful from Goff and coaching staff kind of came over. I think Ben Johnson was talking to him for a little bit. So there's some of that. Um, I think in the first practice that we were out there for, there's some like miscommunication, like or I guess some uh, some some deep balls that weren't really connecting, which we saw a little bit in we games last games. year when he got mm -hmm. back. So I think they're still ironing out that chemistry, and that's going to take time. So I think that stuff you can give it a pass and say maybe we get that ready to go by like July, August when training camp starts. Yeah. Um, so if there's some of that, sure, that's unknown. But in terms of like how he's carrying himself out there, I think 
actually handled himself pretty well when he spoke to us the first time. Yeah, you guys went at him. Every single, <laughs> I mean, he answered every single question. And some of them were like repeats. And like, it's like, did you know the rule? I, mean, I didn't know the rule, but that's on me. I should have kind of known that. Like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. be messing with that. I'm not a gambler. I'm a football player. Right. Um, I think kind of where things went sideways in that sort of press conference setting was that a lot of people were asking about his social media presence and the stuff he likes. Mm-hmm. Got, you know, even Dan Campbell got some questions like that uh, Thursday. So mm-hmm. that's the stuff where I'm just like, I think we're overblowing some of this. Yes, yeah, so I agree as, there. As, as local media, like yep. him liking a tweet about Lamar Jackson, like whatever. Jared Goff has been through much tougher stuff in his career <laughs> than JMO liking a tweet about Lamar Jackson. Like, let's be for real, guys. <laughs> Which is a thousand percent That's, true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, this is a guy who's literally old team dumped him and wants to rule the next year. Like, he's been right. through much worse. Um, He'll be okay. I don't even know. <laughs> Some of the other stuff he's done, like, he tweeted like he wanted the number one jersey after, like, Jeff Okuda was traded, like, 10 minutes after. Well, 10 minutes. Like, maybe don't do that. <laughs> But like so, it's nothing like super, it's not like he's not like a, a locker room cancer like I, no like is, is he a little immature probably does he need to move on from some of that and just like go about his business probably is it going to define his NFL career absolutely not a, like a Twitter like like come on he even said like that's social media like that's not real life this is real life like what we're doing on the field that's real life and that's to me I was like there you go JMO like good for you like that's true stand your ground on that like that's that's true like you can't. You can't mix the two. Like he's on, he's a football player. He gets played to play football. What he puts on social media, as long as he's not saying like, I hate Dan Campbell. I want to get traded, whatever. <laughs> right. Like, I think we're good there. Like him liking a tweet is fine. So that's where, that's where I sit on that. And I think a lot of people are just trying to take the gambling stuff and like the social media stuff and mix it together. I think they're sort of two separate things. Yes. He has to learn from the gambling thing. It got himself in trouble and that's bleeding over to the field. When it gets to that point, then you're in trouble. The social media stuff is a non-issue to me, but that's just where I stand on that. I think a lot of the nervousness and why people are conflating the two is because he's a very quiet guy uh, who is pretty reserved and doesn't really have a lot of close. I don't think he has a lot of close. You know, he's not a. He's a different type of. What is he? Twenty one, twenty two. Oh, I don't know how old he is. Twenty two, I think. So not everybody at twenty two is Amon Ross St. Brown. (laughs) Or Sewell, or Aiden. Not everybody no. at 22 is the definition of a pro athlete. Where you know St. Brown, right? Like, okay, he went to practice yesterday. Uh, he caught a thousand, you know, however many balls he catches. What is it? Uh, one for every guy that was taken ahead of him, or something like this. Uh, <laughs> he did like that. <laughs> so he does that after after practice. Uh, then he probably goes home and eats his like you know protein or whatever, beats a thousand people at FIFA, lifts and goes to bed at like seven. Yeah, yeah, and then is and is up at five and doing it again. Like that's what these guys do. Jameson is not like that, and I think that that's fine. <laughs> I think that you can be a good player in the league without doing all of, going that he's, extreme. Right, he's you know? going to grow into he's going to grow into these habits. And going to grow into these things. And I think you have to look back and say, okay, well, what is Jameson's story? His story is, is that he went to Ohio State, got lost in the sauce at like one of the most ridiculously talented receiver groups ever, had to leave, goes to Bama, explodes, tears his ACL at the end of that whole stretch, and then has to go, per- you know, he's per- okay, I'm in the NFL. Everything for him was like the snap of a finger, and here we are. 
he never had Jamison Williams's college career isn't really even a career. It was like one year, and like he never really had a chance to get his feet settled anywhere. And I think that you got to give him time. And I I do think that part of me yesterday was going back and forth in my head because I was like, look, there's too much evidence with the Lions drafting like outstanding character football people. <laughs> like there's too much evidence of that. To, to for me to say like they just would totally miss on a guy like Jameson and and he's just like this character problem that's just like a huge and I don't think that because I don't think that's the case that's not how I see it um, at all however part of me wonders it's like if you can't reach him though and it, I don't know and that's where I'm like I don't know if they are or aren't you know it's like because it's hard to gauge a guy like that because he doesn't really wear his emotions you know you don't know what's going on with him he keeps that thing pretty locked up i think so it's hard to tell and for a guy that's 22 and has had a gambling suspension i think people are just going to assume things unfairly but it's also like you have to know the whole context there and this is a this is a guy who's probably even younger than his age in terms of football experience and and there again that just lays into the risk of the draft pick and so i think that the fair criticism here right now is that draft pick still looks like it's hanging out there as a we need to see it when he gets on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why I was like, when I left yesterday, I was like, man, like, he needs to be stronger. I don't care about the other stuff. Like the off the I don't care. Like, I think that's fine. A lot of people do though. That's a lot of people do. I do not. I think yeah, I think I if either. you look at the Lions room, they have Almond Ross St. Brown, they brought in Marvin Jones, they have Antoine Randall as running the thing. Reynolds is in there still. Uh, Khalif is in there still. Like, you literally could not find a better group of people to be around this guy. You, we saw what Kirby, you know, supporting him. He's got friends on the team, clearly guys that are looking out for him. I think it's yeah. showing a lot to the rest of the room that he's out there working right now. When, like, I mean, obviously, what choice does he have? But he could be out there pouting and, like, throwing a fit. <laughs> all that sort of thing, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, it is it is what it is. I think everybody goes through stuff at different times of their life. But the good thing here, the best news of all, is that the Lions have built a culture of, like, understanding that. I, Campbell was like, I don't give a shit what he tweets. Somebody asked him, because I think Carlos actually went back and was, or no, Dave did, or whoever it was, was like, okay, well, what if he was like, I want you fired and I want Sean McVay as the head coach. And Campbell was, was like, yeah. yeah, and Campbell was like, I'd be like, okay, whatever, McVay won a Super Bowl, I get it. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. Like, it's just like, I don't great. care. I understand, you know, I get it, it's life. So, you know, that part of it is refreshing. It was refreshing to hear all that. But, um, you know, it's an interesting spot. I'm I'm concerned about him physically because we haven't seen enough. And I still think he needs to get bigger and stronger. But I am not really concerned about him mentally, though. Uh, I'm not. Because I do think that Colton, when we see him go out there, even run around in shorts, it's still the same competitor. He fights his butt he's off. Competitive he's competitive as hell. Yep. And, I, and I'd like him to be bigger because he's going to get hurt. You know, and I think that's what I... Because they're going to ask him to block... They're going to ask him to do things that St. Brown does. And if you could get Jamison Williams up to like 200, whatever, you know, a, a rocked up type guy. Oh, my God. Like, that would be yep. next level stuff. So that's the concern level for me is that I feel like we need to see it and it really needs to hit hard. And I'm like, I don't know if he – I don't know if he's going to be able to do it right away. I, I just I, – that's my concern. And like you mentioned earlier, like the, the timing with golf, that's not nothing either. He's going to miss six weeks. And we know what we know about Goff's preferences. Like, he gets into a groove with guys, 
And so Jameson's really going to have to have a hell of a camp. I guess that's probably the end-all end takeaway, but he knows that too, you know? I think that that's fine. Here's what we know about J-Mo. He's obviously fast as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the second-level speed that he has. That stuff is on display every time he's out on the field. Like, it you is. don't question that at all. Yep. I don't question his uh, competitive drive in football as a football player on the field. When he steps foot out there, he's trying to win every single rep. Yep. I don't, I don't question that. Um, yeah, full stop. What he doesn't have going for him right now is he's a little scrawny. He's got to add some <laughs> muscle. He's got to get a little bigger. He looks real thin out there. And I, I do wonder how he's going to hold up when he's out there playing, you know, 80 snaps, you know, whatever, right. however many snaps a game, right? Um, and I also wonder, you know, I think his route running needs to come along a little bit more because, mm-hmm. let's be honest, this dude's always been the fastest player on the field whenever he's stepped out, stepped right. out there his whole life. So, I think he does need to kind of work on some things. And, and Dan Campbell mentioned that too. Like he's getting there. He's his routes are crisper. Like we like to see that. Um, Cause he can, you know, sometimes he can get a little loose with things. And then the timing with golf is the other thing that needs to, to come along. Yes. And so that stuff to me, you know, getting bigger, you know, developing your route running as receiver and then timing and chemistry. I think that stuff comes over time. So like if your expectation was, you're going to see that right out of the gate for a guy that like has barely played football <laughs> right, <laughs> of yeah, late, right. like, you probably weren't going to see that. So I think if by the time August comes around, if he's still looking like a little rusty, that's probably more concerning. But right now, it's really nothing I'm too concerned about. I'm not really worried about it because I think what he does have, like the baseline of his skill set, which is that speed and his competitive nature. Like you even saw on the sidelines of games last year when he was in warm-up clothes, like street clothes, he was ready to fight someone. <laughs> like yeah. whenever someone, uh, an football. opposing player would be on the sideline and was like talking trash, he would be right in the middle of it. And I, that's what I like to see from Jamo. Yeah. And I yeah. wish there was a way to kind of translate that more um, to maybe his habits off the field. Right. Um, but at the same time, he's a young guy and maybe that comes with time. So I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and kind of see where this goes. And I think a lot of people you know, out there should as well. Like that's... You draft this guy 12th overall, you, you invested in this player, you can't give up on him after a year. Like, you got to see it through. So that's yeah. personally where I'm at. I don't think we need to, like, demonize the kid. He made a mistake. It's going to cost him some time. But how does he respond? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And, and we'll see that, you know, July, August. We will. Uh, but that also brings us to the second part of this discussion, which a lot of other folks have talked about, some excitedly and some horrified, uh, is DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> And Campbell yeah. did get asked, Dan got asked about that also, and he was like, I'm not going to talk about that. So, like, he just no commented that mm-hmm. one. So you can read into that how you want. Uh, but so, you know, the, Colton, here we go. You wrote about it, actually. Uh, was it last week or this I week? I can't remember. Uh, this week. Recently. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is available again, and uh, we'll see sort of what happens here. But it doesn't seem like anybody's jumping at the – chance to pay him the ridiculous amount of money that he that he that he wants and it's like we said probably worth i guess as good as he is um and the question that comes up now it's like if you're the lions you're not going to have jameson williams for six games you do not have a guy that is going to take the top off of your defense right now you don't i mean like you have marv who i like a lot uh, and you have St. Brown, who I think is awesome, but and those guys are very similar in what they do. They're going to be, they're going to get open underneath. They also uh, do a great job of working off of space created by others. And Reynolds is a sturdy, steady X receiver. He, I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to like scare anybody uh, vertically. And so Jameson no. is that guy. And when we talked to Ben Khalif Johnson, is probably the 
the closest to that. To yeah, the but for the same issue that Jameson has is like he's too small because he gets bumped off yeah. routes. He can't get open. Like it's too hard for him vertically to really hold and really blow over the top and finish. And that's where you hope Jameson can grow into. But if you don't have that for six weeks and you're trying to make the playoffs and this is like we got to go now and nobody's going to hear want to hear any BS about who got suspended or whatever at the end of all this, the question becomes... Do you try to get DeAndre Hopkins in here? Because, like, that would fit. <laughs> I mean, it would serve a need anyway, we'll say. Uh, the bigger question would be is, does it fit the locker room, all these things? And that would probably be the more important uh, question. But I, I, I'll kick it to you, Colton, just off the top. Like, uh, we know we know about Jameson, which is not a whole lot. And uh, I don't know what DeAndre's demands are specifically in terms of length. But if, like, it was a one-year situation, would you be interested in doing that? Absolutely, for one year. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's right? a no-brainer to me. <laughs> I think so too. What, I would even consider two, honestly. If, yeah. If I thought yeah. the fit was right, but yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think so. Let's start. Let's start a couple months back. Um, going back to the draft, right? Like, mm-hmm. I thought the Lions should have drafted a receiver a little earlier. Uh, I know they got Antoine Green in the seventh round, but. You know, if, when you're talking about building the, the core of the roster, you have Jameson Williams, who you, you like a lot, even though he got himself in trouble, whatever. You got Amarasi Brown, an elite talent. And then you could probably use a bigger X receiver in the future. So, like, a guy like Cedric Tillman, I kind of like for them. Um, mm-hmm. They obviously waited until the seventh round, got Antoine Green. Didn't really feel like that was as much of a priority, I, I should say. Um, so, to me, that was like, okay, maybe they feel good about what they have, the pass catchers in place. And obviously they have Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs who can also do some damage in the right. game as well. So when you look at the total picture, they, they might not need it. They might not need a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they might feel comfortable with the group they have four or six games, knowing that James is going to come back eventually. Um, and what they hope, I guess they, they would hope for him to uh, perform at a high level when he does return. At the same time, can you really expect this receiver that hasn't played a ton of football in his NFL career to come back after a six-team suspension and hit the ground running and kind of be this, like, you know, Oof. great number two yeah. complimentary receiver with Amaras and Brown. Can you, is that realistic? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure because, I, I, again, we have to see more from Jamo. It's just he hasn't played a lot of football. He's got to get out there, got to get the reps, and then we'll go from there. So if you are looking for kind of the stopgap, like we saw DJ Chark, like last year, was sort of brought on to kind of let Jamo, mm-hmm. you know, buy some time for him. Um, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins on a one-year deal can absolutely <laughs> do that. And he doesn't, again, different skill sets. He's not going to be the guy that takes the top off the defense, but he is, he has great hands. I think he had like a drop rate of 1.5% yeah, like last he year. Drop anything. He's a verb. Uh, he doesn't drop anything. Yeah. He's a master at contested catches. Mm-hmm. He can go up and grab it. Like, his catch radius is insane. Like, yeah. golf doesn't have to be, like, super accurate throwing downfield to him. He's a total get-out-of-jail-free receiver. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, when I look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins just sitting there, and I look at the Lions that have, like, the fifth most cap, cap space among NFL teams, and some of the other teams that he, that are up there are, like, the Bears and Panthers and Cardinals, <laughs> the team that just cut him. Like, some <laughs> of those teams aren't going to go after him. Like, they shouldn't go after him. Uh, they're kind of on different timelines. I see the Lions, I'm just like, this makes too much sense not to happen. My only question is, what does he want? Because Hopkins has done some podcasts and has said, oh, I want to play with these quarterbacks or, you know, I need this. I need great defense. I, like, this is what I'm looking for. I want to play for a contender. I want to play for the Chiefs or the Bills. Like, he's kind of like 
hinted at that like all offseason really it's like great the lions are not there yet and we yep. understand that like they're still they hope to get a little closer this year and this could be like a, a very strong foundational year to get there um but they're not there yet and so does he want to come to a team that is still on the rise and still building things versus a contender where he can win a ring if that's what's important to him then maybe he takes a pay cut and he goes somewhere else or whatever um but there are some reports out there that he's also chasing the money and he wants more than Odell Beckham Jr. got, which I think was a one-year deal, $15 million up to eighteen with incentives. Man. Uh, so, like, what does he want? Like, maybe he wants, like, $17 million on a one-year deal and maybe gets up to 20 something like that. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It depends what he, what he actually wants on the, on the open market. But, God, honestly, man. there aren't a ton of teams that can give him that. No, like, I was going to say, that that's would fit. still pretty tempting. <laughs> the, total, <laughs> the total package, though, like, what he's looking for, like, a contender and also to get paid. I know. Like the Lions might be the closest thing out there that he can reasonably get. And it would if I had to guess what the Lions were thinking, knowing Brad Holmes, he loves these one year deals where it's like, Oh, I can get CJ oh, Carter Johnson for eight mil or you know, I can get Emmanuel Mosley for you know, off an injury for this this much, six mil, uh-huh. whatever. That would make sense. Um again, I think the ball's in, in Hopkins court. Like I thought Dan Campbell kind of saying I'm not gonna comment on that was interesting because he was asked about Lamar Jackson at the owners' meetings. He's just like, we got a guy we like in Jared Goff. We're not That's right. straight up, like, just like, nope. And, you know, Campbell is not the greatest liar in the world. So he's maybe a that's terrible why liar. he made no comments. <laughs> like, yeah. we know that. Um, so there might be some interest there. And if there is, I do wonder if it would be like a one year deal. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you come here, we'll make it work. We'll give you the best of everything you're looking for if all these other contenders aren't really taking a look at you, which. Our, one of our uh, Buffalo writers, Tim Graham, reported that the Bills are probably out on yeah um, on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So that's one team that could be out. The Chiefs are still kind of lingering. Um, maybe the oh. Eagles try to find a way to m- make it work. Oh, but God. a lot of these contenders don't have the cap space to kind of match what he wants. So if it's about the money and a place that you can reasonably win, win a division, maybe win a playoff game or two, the Lions fit that mold. So I wouldn't rule it out. Like I don't know if it's... I wouldn't say they're the top contender for them, but it makes a lot of sense on paper. And if it actually happened on that one-year deal, I would not be surprised at all. No, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out either on a one-year or even maybe a, if you got a team-friendly two. two. But, like, the, the the biggest point that I would make, and again, I think that you nailed it. I think this is probably what they're doing. This is what they did with C.J. Uh, Garner-Johnson. They're just waiting it out. I think he's just waiting Wait it up. out, man. Like, I think Good. that they've probably got an open line, if I had to guess... It's one of two things. They've either way they've done complete research on the situation. Uh, there's no way they haven't um, yep. because it, it would fill everything we just talked about. It would it would work uh, if you got him on the short term. Um, but like obviously you could be out on him if you decide I, I can't. We can't risk an ego like that coming in here if his ego is out of control or if he's like to a point where he doesn't want to hear it and he's whatever. Right? Like if that's what you discover about him, then you can't do it. Uh, but if that's not the case and you discover like, hey, we can work with this guy, like whatever, like AG says that all the time. And I think that's that's Campbell's thing, too. I can work with a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of his superpower. He can work with a lot of people. That's the Parcells thing. It, I can make it work. So I think that if I were the Lions, I'd wait that thing out all the way and just be like, we will be here at the end with this original offer <laughs> for a one year with a whatever. <laughs> Yep. Just in case. Like, that's what I would do on this one. I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way or do anything rash. 
But I would be like, buddy, if you can't find anywhere else to play come July, you know where to go. <laughs> we got we got a jet coming. Because, like, that's what I would do. I mean, yes. Because, that's exactly what they did with CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, same like, thing. Holmes and told us a story. Yeah. It would fit. It would fit. You're not making a law. Lo- if you deem him to be a guy that your locker room can handle. If not, whatever. But if you're not making a long-term financial commitment there, you're trying to make the playoffs. And that's what this is about now. And every move they make from here on out, and I think that's where people have to start thinking differently a little bit about some of these. Uh, it's going to be more about winning now. It's not going to be as much about, you know, the, it's still about the future, but you're going to have to make more moves going forward about this guy needs to be able to come in here now and help us win now. And you said it, Colton. When Jamison gets back off suspension, I think I would be surprised if he hit the ground and looked like a stud, right? Unless we see him look awesome in camp, I think I'd be surprised. I think it's going to take him a minute, and I'm not sure what you're going to get out of him this year. And if you're going to make the playoffs, yep. you need to get more out of that spot. So, I agree. I would, I, uh, I would probably be interested. I wouldn't do anything rash or mortgage my future. I don't think that's necessary, but it's it's a need now, it feels like, right? And it's an opportunity also, and I think that they're in that type of window where they can maybe take a swing at that. The good part is because the Cardinals cut him, you don't have to trade any, any assets for right. him. Uh, you don't have to pay him the salary that he was making out there. And you can kind of dictate the terms a little bit. Uh, obviously, Hopkins has to say he wants to come play for you. But you can also say, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you one year. We're going to give you, you know, 16, 17 million. You can get up a little more with incentives. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to come here. You're going to help us. We're going to get your career back on track. And maybe next next uh, free agency cycle, you can go. Cowboys will pay you. When some of these other teams have more cap space. <laughs> Then you can get the, the multi-year deal you're looking for. Yeah, that's how I would see it happening. But that's just me, and we're all just speculating right now. Right. But I think that's sort of the blueprint there. If it were to happen, um, I, I, I agree with you, man. Like I'm looking at the lines right now, and and I understand. Like we we mentioned it. Like Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. Like yeah. these guys are going to be on the field. They're going to be pass catchers. Like you can't just look at the wide receiver room. But at the same time, like, man, like, when you're trying to compete with some of these other contenders, like the 49ers and the Eagles, like, you need playmakers and guys that can uh, get you out of trouble um, so your offense isn't as stagnant. There were times last year where the Lions just, like, couldn't get things going offensively. Stall out. And they yeah. struggled. And they stalled out. Like, Hopkins is a guy that kind of prevents that. So he'd be just awesome in this offense. Having the receiver trio of him, Jamo, and St. Brown in the field, it's like, pick your poison there. Yeah. Plus Gibbs. Plus Laporta, oh plus God. his secondary receivers. Dave Montgomery can catch out of the backfield. Like, Goff is in a great position if you add yeah. all those pieces. Goff's not overthrowing teams. Hopkins. Like, I don't know no. why he'd be worried about that. <laughs> like, no, yeah, that's not happening. Not. Yeah. So, it'd be, it'd be fun, man. Like, I yeah, I don't know. Fun. I kind of go back and forth. It, it depends on the money and the financials. But if they can make it work, like, that's a scarier offense than already was, which is yeah. you come off the top five season. So. And, and the ultimate point before we get to a break and we'll talk about some of their guys, is like the culture isn't just, well, the guy's got to be like a teetotaler and like the nicest guy in the world and like he can't ever piss anybody off and he can't. That's not what that, that's not what the Lions culture is, okay? The Lions they culture don't have is, that now. Yeah. no, it is come in here as you are and be yourself and we will figure it out. That is what their culture is. So I tend to argue a little bit with people who think we can't bring anybody in here who might rock the boat now i don't think no i think they are okay with guys coming in here and rocking the boat because they're okay with their room sort of correcting the tide as it goes so you know look 
if he wants to win, eventually you gotta you gotta make a move, right? You gotta be aggressive yeah. sometimes. Like if, if he wants every to team win in the and, NFL and that's yes competitive is like that. Hundred percent. And if Hopkins wants to win and nobody else is calling, at the end of the day, he could be the difference in this team winning a playoff game. You know what I mean? Like that's that that could be that situation there. But in any event, we'll take a break here, Colton, come back and uh, maybe chat about some of the other guys, non-receivers. <laughs> I guess this, this has been the receiver <laughs> podcast. But we'll take a quick really break has. here and we'll come back uh, on the other side. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we're back. Another episode of one of these years. Wrapping up uh, some Lions OTA talk. Uh, Minicamp, Colton, will be later this later in June, I believe, coming up. Or is it next week? Or end of next week, maybe? Um, somewhere yeah, Tuesday is the next, next day, I think. Yeah, and that's the mandatory deal coming up soon, so they should have more in there. No pads, though, of course. So, um, But uh, you have some observations and some things that uh, stood out a little bit yesterday. But I also wanted to talk about, there were two things, I guess, of those observations that maybe stood out the most, which was one was Ben Johnson talking about where the offense, he hopes it can go, where it maybe should go. And then also I wanted to touch on Kirby Joseph, but, and maybe his growth in general. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's start with the offense because, or Ben Johnson's comments there about the run game specifically. And I think just in general, but I think really it's the run game and it was shown and I don't, he's not going to come out and say, we, did a self scout and just said and told Brad Holmes we need to upgrade our running backs, but that's what happened. <laughs> like I don't know what else to say anymore. Like that's what happened. <laughs> he said that yesterday in pretty much no uncertain terms. We self scouted, came back and said we left a crap load of yards on the table. And when you go back and look 
I have an Instagram video up today of a counter where Jamal bends it all the way wide, right? And the, and you look and there's a hole that's like nine yards wide that he just can't get into. And he just, you know, because yeah. it's not Jamal. That's not his game. And he's a power guy, yeah. you know? So he just runs a guy over and gets like six yards and that's fine. But that play really needs to be cut back to the middle and you know we wrote it about be a this. Thirty yard game. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> it should be chaos. The defense should be like, "What the hell's going on?" Like that's what you should be getting with when you when you create cracks like that. And neither Jamal nor Swift was capable really of max maxing it out. So yesterday, what we heard from Ben Johnson was more or less. I feel like with the moves we've made, blah blah blah. Like if we just keep doing what we were doing. We'll be a better football team by by you know whatever. We'll add as we go, but I I thought yeah. that was a pretty cool uh, way of looking at it. I think that's probably a, exactly how I would do it. That's I think correct in every way. In a lot of ways, he kind of just repeated what he said in February. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think he uh, back then he was like we, we got to be turning some of these yards, some of these runs of you know four or five yards into eight, nine, ten, and more. And mm-hmm. you know at the time that sort of like sounded the alarms in in our heads, just like. Well, what does he mean by that? What is, how, how can you get to that level? And then they moved on from Jamal. They got David Montgomery, this guy that breaks tackles on the second level and can do some of those things. He's not a speed back, but he can generate more yards than what's given. Right. And you get a guy like Jameer Gibbs and you trade Swift, which we've talked about him a lot. But I think it's still important whenever a coach comes out and says this and like repeats it time and time again. Like we should be hitting like these home runs. And we weren't doing that last year. And like, right. I think back to last season. And there are times when Ben Johnson would talk, you know, we get coordinators every Thursday and there are times when Ben Johnson would just be like, yeah, we're scoring 30 points a game, but I'm not satisfied. And we'd kind of laugh just like every coach says, you know, <laughs> you can, you can, you can score more points. Then you go back and watch and it's like, well, yeah, they could have like that run that went for four or five yards that like, yeah, sure. Maybe picked up a first down. That should have been a touchdown. Yeah. You know? Or, or 40 um, yards and flip the field. Right. Or, something or 40 like yards and flip the field. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's like, He's done this. Like, he's been self-scouting. and He's reviewed the film, and he's kind of came to the conclusion, like, we weren't good enough last year. So now we have some pieces that we think can make us even better. And so you got to bring the new guys along, like Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. But a lot of the returning guys, they know the terminology. They know what's being asked of them on the field. So I think just by simply being back for another year, he expects massive growth in certain areas. Like, he, I think his quote was, he said, I came away with it personally thinking – then even if we didn't run one new play this year, if we ran all the same plays that we ran last year, we would be a better offense because we've got to execute better than what we did. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's sort of the bottom line there. Like they, for as good as the Lions offense was a year ago, 26.6 points a game, top five in scoring, they didn't always execute and they left a lot of points out there. And I think that's sort of why he feels optimistic about this season. And, and he should, because they've got a lot of talent. But at the same time, it's just like, you hear Jared Goff and talk about Ben Johnson, like, man, like, having this relationship with this guy that's really kind of helped me and having him back is, like, so great for me, but also, like, the rest of this offense and, and some some of the new guys that yeah. we have, like, you know, having a, a mind like that along with the talent in place. Like, we can do some damage this year offensively. So, yeah, you hear these guys talk about what they're trying to do, and it hasn't always looked great <laughs> a couple times we've been <laughs> yeah. out there, but I think they expect to kind of iron out, you know, some of the, the, the issues that they've been having, I guess. Uh, through these these two open practices, and they expect to be a better offense in 2023 than they were in 2022. So that's sort of where they're at right now. It's it's going to take some time to kind of bring the new guys along, but 
their motto this offseason has been back to the basics, and I think that's a that's a great motto to have. It's really interesting because they have this line that is, in my opinion, one of the best in the NFL. Um, I think top five. I don't think I would go, you know, I don't know. I don't care what the analytics say. I think this is a top five offensive line. And when you have an offensive line that's that good, it's like a responsibility to a degree because the reason why they were never out of games last year and they always had a chance is because of their line. Like, because they can always run the ball. They can, even when it's like little chunk, little chunk, they were never, they were in so many favorable situations. They put themselves in spots and Ben Johnson does such a good job of packaging everything and being dynamic. And it can be the most dynamic non-Mahomes type offense in the league, right up there with San Francisco's, if you want it to be, if you have playmakers who can take advantage of all of this space that your line is creating. And that's why I totally understand where that, because I think he tried to say too, like he's tried to micromanage less and be maybe a little, be a little easier on himself to a degree. But I could see where the frustration was, and you could even see it from Deuce last year, because it was like, we are not doing what we should be doing with this line. It They weren't wasting the line, but they were not maxing it out. And, like, that is so hard and so rare when you have a line that's that good that can control a game like that. Not everybody has that, as we know. And to, to not max it out, like, that's going to keep you up nights. And I think that that's why we saw the moves that they've made. And I think... He's completely correct. Like their offense works and it's really hard to defend and prepare for because they run so many different run concepts and he packages them so well. But if you're not turning, like you said, Colton, if you're if it's just six yards, seven, six, five, four, I mean, like, it's hard to score on a twelve play drive. Ask Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, okay? It's hard to do. You need guys that can like- hit it. And yeah, death by a million paper cuts. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of Some, what it, hey, what it sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. Right. The Jaguars game, they did that. They just yeah. one. They took the ball every play, and it was just they just hammered them until they had forty points on the board. Sometimes you can do that, but for the most part in the NFL, you can't. And that's really where this is at. And uh, I've agreed with everything they've done. Frankly, I I was surprised they went as extreme as they did and did both. But, yeah, I, I think that this is probably the way to do it. And it fits golf really well, too, more importantly. You're not changing anything. You know, people asked about, can you get more creative, all this. They got less creative last year, I thought, with the pass game and got more comfortable with golf and just let him do the things that, you know, he, that he likes to do, that he's good at. And so yeah. I just keep doing it, man. Like, I, I agree with that completely. Like, Ben Johnson's going to scheme these guys open. Like, yep. that's what he does. The, yep. the question is, when you are open – is it going to be a five or eight yard gain or something on a pass, or can you take it? Are you going to fall down? Like, yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> Are you going to, yeah, on first contact, or can you go out and, and stretch a play? You know, like, I think that's sort of the difference this year between last year's offense and what they were doing this year, the piece they brought in, like Sam Laporta. I can't wait to see him. Oh, action. man. I know. I know. He's kind of getting like, he's getting some first team reps, but mostly he's been with the second team. They're kind of bringing him along slowly. I can't wait for that flip to switch. And they, mm-hmm. the way they talk about him, they're like, I think Ben Johnson said it yesterday, like um, the tight end position is the toughest in this offense to learn because you have to be involved in every run scheme that we do and as well as the passing game and, and blocking. So mm-hmm. like for a rookie to come in and they feel confident that he can step in and learn all this stuff and kind of be out there and contribute from day one. So for them to talk about him and the way they do, it means they're very high on him. And then you see him run, and you see him like. Man. They, I think they posted a clip on Twitter yesterday where he like 
takes a short pass from Goff and like just gets upfield in a hurry and just like, yeah, if you get him open, you scheme him open, he's taking that like yeah. maybe thirty yards. That's an yeah, he's a yak play. guy for sure. Him he's and yak he's like St. Brown of a tight end. He's like a tight end version of St. Brown. You know what I mean? Yeah. That wiggle and he just like he all he's always freaking open. Comes back to the ball, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing that we talk about all the time. I agree with you. I want to see him in pads and I want to see if he can block because if he can block, like it's on. You're gonna start. <laughs> like, Done deal. I mean, like, Done yeah, deal. Yeah, like, I it'll be your <laughs> I might be higher on him than like maybe some of the other beat, beat writers, yeah. but like I think he's going to start from day one. Like I he think might. by training camp he's going to come around, he's going to learn the offense, and he might. He's just going to take it and run with it. That that's where I stand. But they might bring him along slowly. That would make sense if they do that. But I think he's too talented not to be out there <laughs> week one. Yeah, the I agree with that. Last guy I want to talk about today, one guy who we know will start, uh, uh, Kirby Joseph, who obviously had Kirby. Uh, an amazing uh, rookie season last year uh, in is one of the best Lions draft picks uh, of the Holmes era. He might be the best, honestly, in terms of like pound for pound, where they got him and, and how good he's been. Um, we were talking a little bit after he had his press available yesterday and he had his Jamison shirt on and was like, I'm just supporting, you know, that's all I'm doing here is supporting my guy. Um, about how much more comfortable now he is and how much more able to be himself. And, you know, obviously he's a super unique guy and everything else, but like, Campbell said something I thought was really interesting when he was like, we are slowly working with Kirby to make sure that he is staying on track with what we are asking him to do, but we are not going to tell him that he can't like be himself. We are not going to cut out his go take a chance and go get the ball. Like It's got to be a give and take. That's what I read from Campbell. I think they're in a great place with him, and Kirby has a chance. I, I think... If there's a young player on that defense that has a chance to be, other than Aiden, that has a chance to be like a Pro Bowl, it's him. Like he's, yeah. he could be awesome, and I think we could see that like right away this year. He could be awesome like this year, right now. You, I mean, yeah, I, it, I know you agree with that, but like, because you, I, I, your Kirby's your guy. <laughs> I know that, but like, he's hilarious. Your, I love talking to him. Like, we have a good relationship. Yeah, right? but, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, Campbell said, and this is a quote. He said, "Here's the thing: a little bit with Kirby, because he's instinctive. He's a good athlete. He's rangy." There are times where he could veer off a little bit and maybe go out of the wheelhouse of what we want. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that is all part of being a young player that has some ability and is learning to grow. And just so the consistency, just do your job, be conscious of your landmarks, understand what's going on beneath you. So do all that stuff. But man, there's a ton of growth still with this player, and that's what's exciting. So that yeah. that was Ann Campbell and Kirby yesterday. And I agree because as you know, Kirby came on, he was kind of forced into action when Tracy Walker went down. They got him ready to play like the very next week. I thought that was that was interesting. Yep. Um, but when you look at him, like there were some times where he was probably going out of his way, wants to get the flashy play, the pick, you know, the interception. And he because he has the range and the athleticism to pretty much get any ball from anywhere. On right. The field, yeah. Like it's sort of a double edged sword where you're like, well, we don't want to take that out of his game, but also like we can't be having him just play center field and then all of a sudden there's some missed assignments. He's not sticking what we need him to do, and then there's bus elsewhere you know i think that's sort of what campbell's getting at if i had to read it like maybe yeah. be a little bit more selective but we don't want to take that away from him because that's what makes him special and so when i look at year two for kirby i think that's probably the next step for him and i think he's mentioned some of that yesterday as well um but man the confidence that he plays with is just something that can't be taught like we talked about aaron glenn guys from the cornerback position he is an aaron glenn guy from the same oh my position. god like, yeah in every way. If Aaron Glade was a safety, it would be Kirby Joseph. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Kirby like, Joseph. Yeah, I think 
That's how it would be. Yeah. And I guess that's something I didn't really realize. Like, you know, I, I'm thinking back to training camp last year. Like, the first time he spoke to us, he was very nervous. Like, he, yeah, I remember. Yeah. He, he would say, like, you feel me? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, he said that, like, 30 times in, like, a two-minute span. I'm just like, okay. And I, I have my, we all have our own crutches. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I yeah. get it. But it was, it was just like he wasn't comfortable yet. And that's okay. Like, it, it takes time. But by, like, mid-season, you would tell, okay, he's getting there. By the end of the season, when he's picking off Aaron Rodgers in his final game and saying, yeah, I want to get him to sign my football. I don't know if he's going to do it, but I'm going to ask for sure. <laughs> like, when he's saying all that, you're just like, all right, yeah, this guy knows he's, he belongs at this point. And then yesterday, that was our first time talking to him since, I think, that Packers game. Yep. And he comes out wearing these shades, wearing the free Jamal shirt. I asked him, like, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North? And he's like, you know, he's going to do his thing. I'm going to do my thing. Like, we're we'll, going to keep it rolling, you know? <laughs> Like, the confidence is not left. Like, if anything, it's grown. He went on Good Morning Football, had some very, like, memorable moments on that show. Like, he's kind of putting himself out there. So, I do think Kirby, if the play continues to grow, because he's already got the personality to be, like, a star. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Like, he's got yeah. his talent as the free safety, the range, the skill, skill sets in place. If he continues that development, like, the Lions are going to have, like, a face of their defense yep. in Kirby Joseph. Like, he's everything you want in terms of personalities and swagger the talent. You just got to make sure that he's continuing on that trajectory, but they got a good one in Kirby and he's just they hilarious do. to talk to. And just like, I think everyone on the team loves him. So it's always a positive too. And I really think, and that's why I go back and forth on like, uh, when I, when I land on it at the end of the day, like I think their defense is going to be improved because they signed CJ Walker is healthy and will do something back there. And both of those guys will help Kirby so much and he's going to get so much better this year. I that you'll feel it. I mean, when you have good safeties, oh my god, like it changes so many things defensively. You can get away with like, oh shit, our corner got beat there. Whatever, somebody cleaned it up. Like you can get away with mistakes when your safeties know what yeah. they're doing, when they're playmakers. Uh, and that's three guys right there that uh, I just said. All three of those guys can make plays, right? Um, yeah. All three of those guys are starters, and like. They will all have some role back there, and I think that you now have a situation where there's flexibility to where you don't have to ask Walker to do something he can't do. Uh, Kirby can – you don't have to take reps away from him. John, uh, Gardner Johnson is so freaking versatile that you can do anything with him. I Like, mm -hmm. if I had to pick one spot about the whole team that I would be the most, like, excited to see, it's that. It's the, safe, it's the secondary. Like, I want to see yeah. what the safeties – what impact they have on the whole group on the whole defense um, because I think it could be huge and I think it could clean up so many things because how many times Colton last year did we see them you know the Lions would play something pretty well and then one thing would happen one guy would one like thing. yeah one guy would fall on a you know have a hiccup or whatever it would be and the whole thing it's 80 yards <laughs> it would be like and that's how it would that's what would happen and it was still, the margin for error was razor thin. Still yeah. happening last year, and it that was the calling card of the first season with Campbell, and it happened last year way too much. This, I think, Kirby's development, those two guys next to him, and you can tell that they all get along super. I think that I haven't seen CJ out there. They but absolutely I, do. I know, I know, he and Tracy do, uh, <laughs> and they're so close. I think that's a great thing, man. I think that's going to be a, an awesome addition and like evolution, whatever you want to call it, for their defense because they're going to have personality and they're going to have more of an identity when this is all done because I think that they're I going agree. to take on guys like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, talking about their relationship, like Tracy said, that's my little brother, man. Like, I love yeah. Kirby. They hang out. Like, they, 
go over to each other's houses. Like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, legitimately, right. are, are friends in the off season. Like I remember talking to CJ Gardner Johnson shortly after he signed, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "I want Curb to be able to hit me up and be like, yo, I made a mistake, you know.'" What do I do? And, 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 and yeah. CJ would be like, look, it's on me. Like, little bro, that's on me. Like, mm-hmm. don't even worry about it. We'll get you right. So they already have that relationship in the back end. And then you see it on the field. And again, I would say the defense has been, you know, maybe that's yep. to be expected. But I think the defense is further along than the offense right now. And I think so, too. you see it on the field, and they're winning some of these battles. There was a play yesterday. Kirby picked off Goff and, like, tossed the ball back. Kept doing his thing. <laughs> There's another play. I don't know if it was Goff or Nate Sudfield tossed it up, but he was guarding Cleef Raymond in man coverage, like stuck to him like glue. The ball was in the air. He just like nonchalantly tips it down. AG runs over to the middle of the field, like daps him up. Kirby's like trotting off the field. Like second team comes in. Like that's where he, the confidence of like the secondary right now is just insane. When you add yeah. Tracy, who's out there, but is not really practicing yet. And then CJ Garner-Johnson, who's not out there the other day, but has been out there. Um, right, yep. Those three guys, the personalities that you have on the back end, again, all Aaron Glenn guys. Mm-hmm. And so that is going to be the identity of this team. I think it's going to be the secondary, the swagger, the confidence that they play with. That's going to set the tone yeah. for the rest of the defense. So when you're looking at guys like Kirby, they're going to have a big say in how this defense does. I think it's great. I think that when you, you look at it and you have Kirby Joseph, who can be your back end like for the next 10 years, Aiden is your front end guy for the next 10 years, and if Jack Campbell turns into the guy that we think he can, like that's your middle. And I think that they yep. have, I can, I can squint and see that, right? I, I mean, I, I don't think that that's crazy. I think those three guys are really good prospects and all of them play the game with the same intensity. They all play their asses off. And I think that that'll be the ultimate, yeah, that'll be the Aaron Glenn defense. It's, a, it's one that figures it out, plays with swagger, and just never stops coming. And so I think that... Uh, yep. Yeah, I think they've gotten some good work done uh, so far this summer. I guess we'll see uh, where it all goes. Well, they got mini camp here in the, in the coming days. Kicking battle too. Yeah. I wanted, but I forgot about this before we get out of here. Uh, tell me about oh, this yeah. kicking situation. There's, <laughs> there's another another kicker into the fray. Is this like number forty two of the of the last three years here? <laughs> Probably. That's not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Lions have three kickers in camp right now. Here now, you know OTAs. They have Michael Badgley, who they re-signed this offseason. They have uh, Parker Romo, uh, who's an XFL kicker. Apparently, he used to go by John Parker Romo. I guess now it's just Parker what? Romo. That was a, <laughs> something new for us, I guess. Uh, and then they traded a 2026 conditional seventh round pick for uh, Riley Patterson, old friend. Oh, God. They cut last year, so he's back. So they have three kickers now in, um, for, in camp for OTAs. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of kickers. <laughs> a lot. But they also... Yeah. <laughs> Like, for them to say, like, oh, we love Badgley, and then to bring in two other kickers <laughs> to like, compete with him, I think that's... Maybe like, they don't love him as much as they're leading on. And I feel that's, like that's okay, Patterson but. might be here just because he's friends with everybody. <laughs> like, that's the only reason. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> the Jaguars were going to cut him, yeah. and then I guess the Lions just stepped in and said, well, we want first dibs. We'll give you this but, like, pick three so, years from out, out from out. John Parker Romo, uh, no relation to Tony, I don't think, uh, right? No. no relation to Tony? So he, uh, you said he's he was uh, he has got a leg at least, right? This guy's got at least a little bit of a leg. Yeah. So they did some like simulation at the towards the end of practice where they had like I guess Badgley was maybe sitting out for this drill, but yeah, it was Romo versus Patterson, and they were going. I think the ranges were like forty-five to fifty-five yards, yeah. and they each got five kicks, and so basically they split them into two teams, 
the losing team would have to do like up downs or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like a rise of a high school practice. Yeah. Um, and Romo went five for five and hit every single <laughs> oh, kick. Shit. Here we go. <laughs> and Patterson, the guy who was great for the Jaguars last year and they literally just traded for, was three for five and missed one. It was short and like wide right. So like. One of those two that he missed. So he was three for five, and Romo was five for five in that drill. And then I think towards the end, they did some more kicks, and those were a little bit from distance, a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, And I guess Romo hit like a 61-yarder and then missed a 63. So, like, he's got some leg. Patterson, I don't think his were that long, but I think he bounced back with like a 53 and maybe a 55 or something like that and hit both kicks. So. Romo, we like the way they've kind of approached this kicking battle. They've always gone with the guy with the stronger leg. Yep. I think like Seibert had a stronger leg than Patterson and was doing better, and they went with him. And then they ended up cutting Seibert because he got hurt, and Patterson had this great year for the Jaguars. Um, and now they have three guys in here now, and I'm looking at Romo, and I'm like, well, he's nailing everything, and he's hitting from sixty. <laughs> and this is the XFL guy, and if he ends up just like outplaying both of these, oh, they'll keep him. Kickers, they'll keep him. They'll if keep they, him. Yeah. <laughs> they and won't they'll care. They'll take the best guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Fifth has kind of shown that he's going to take the best guy. And I was... And I understand it, but man, you just traded for Patterson, so I, know. I don't know. Well, they did that... Well, they signed... Uh, who's the guy they signed? I can't remember his name now. They signed that dude last year, and he came into training camp, and they cut him before... They, he was like... They cut him on, like, the first cut. And they were just like, this guy sucks. Get him out of here. Like, I was like, you paid him. Like, they don't care with the kickers. They I don't. was actually... Um, if the 49ers hadn't drafted Moody in the third, what, was it the third round, right? It was the third it's round. the third round, yeah. If they hadn't done that, I think that the Lions might have taken him. Like that, because you meant, you mentioned it, like the, their preference in kicker is just like, can you kick it 70 yards? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it's like, that's like, if you, if the answer like, is, I think I could try it, they're like, yeah, you're in. Like, that's like all they care about. I, so. Don't get me wrong. I get, I get the appeal of like the distance <laughs> kicks, yeah, I know. but also for a team that goes for it on fourth down, as much as the Lions do, whenever they get in opposing territory, they go for it. Like, I know. Do you, how often are you going to be kicking like 65 yards? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd rather you. take the guy that's consistent, yeah. can hit from like 40 plus consistently. Make your extra points. Maybe, can hit, <laughs> maybe his distance is like 55 consistently, but he can hit that. Like, get that guy. Like, the guy that can kick 60 plus, yeah. but can't hit from like 30. If there's the inconsistency there, I don't I don't want that. But that's well, just my preference. And Dave Pitt knows a lot more about I gotta tell you, than I do. But. Based on all I've heard here, it sounds like it could be. Patterson v. Romo in uh, camp here, and Badgley might. Just I don't know be on if Badgley his ass. was just like out, or he might have been just having them like a well an off day or something. We'll see. But yeah, that was that was that was a, that was a battle yesterday at least. Well, <laughs> the sands of the hourglass continue to turn, or whatever you call it, there with the Lions kicking <laughs> kicking game. They still have <laughs> no answer. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap up this week. Uh, we'll have. More stuff, I think, next week, right? We already said that a few times, but we'll have more stuff throughout the rest of June. Uh, Colton's got some time off coming up here, so we, I don't know if we'll be every week throughout the whole summer, but um, we'll try to get as many of them as we can, and obviously we'll be back full-time for camp. Colton, you got anything else today before we get out of here? I'm all good. All good. Everybody, get your sunscreen on. It's getting hot out suddenly, all of a sudden. It really is. After, like, months of freezing cold weather, it is now 90 degrees here in uh, Metro Detroit. So, everyone be careful out there. Enjoy your summers. For Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks so much. Take care.